In these uncertain economic times, it's easy to be worried about protecting your wealth, your hard-earned savings, and your family's financial future. Plunging interest rates, the devaluating dollar, and political unrest constantly threaten what you have worked hard to earn and all that you own. That's why now it's more important than ever to protect your assets and have the money you need to make your dreams come true. Welcome to the Global Wealth Fortress Report with successful global entrepreneur and wealth preservation expert, Joel Nagel. Joel's helped thousands of people just like you protect what you have so that you can make even more and make your every dream come true. So, sit back and enjoy Joel Nagel's offshore expert advice on how you can live the good life at a great price, where the sun never sets on your financial fortress. Hello, this is Carib Carter Clues, and welcome to Joel Nagel's Global Wealth Fortress Report. This is the ultimate report on offshore assets because Joel Nagel is America's number one asset protection attorney. So, Joel, welcome. Thank you, Carter. It's good good to have you back. I know we missed you on the show last week. Thank you. Thank you. I, I am back up and around. Thank God. Thank God. The uh, And so it, it's just thrilled to be back with you because you know, I, I was I was saying to our super producer Gary before we went on, the advantage we have at the offshore club is there are other offshore organizations out there. I'm not going to name any because we're friends with a lot of those people, but none of them have. And they talk about offshore assets, offshore, where to put your money, what to do. Nobody has what we have, and that's Joel Nagel. I mean, for the rest of them, they go out and get articles from other people. We have the real article, you. So it's fantastic. Well, thank you for that. That's very kind. I mean, this is the 33rd year that I've been in this business. And, you know, a lot of things that we talk about are are legal in nature, but others are just practical, right? You know, which banks treat you nicely. That's, that's not a legal issue, but, you know, that's the kind of experience you gain from just being in this business so long. You know, I see that the folks that come and go and then the ones that, you know, have staying power in the in the industry. And so a lot of the people I work with, you know, I tell clients, you know, my Rolodex is your Rolodex. Honestly, I, I don't take commissions or finders fees or anything like that. If, if I have working with a client and they need, you know, a banker, a broker, a gold vault, whatever it is they need, you know, if we have that information, we gladly, you know, connect the people, they can decide for themselves, but, you know, I'm not going to introduce you to somebody that I haven't um, interface with for, you know, five, 10, 15, 20, some cases, 30 years. I mean, I've, you know, like the check-ins, for example, I met Michael Checkin literally the, <laughs> the first week I opened my, my law firm. So, you know, I've been at this 33 years. I've known them 33 years. And, uh, you know, so when I introduce people to folks like that, you know, it's, it, it does come with the good housekeeping seal of approval because, you know, I'm not going to recommend my clients to any fly-by-nights, but which, which is good, just fantastic. Good. And and the fact of the matter is, the there is not another podcast on the internet that can touch the Global Wealth Fortress Report for the amount of expertise. And it's because of you. I mean, it's certainly not because of me. 
You know, my, my, I have two assets off tour, two homes in Honduras. That's it. Well, we're, we're always glad to, you always think of the best things to talk about. So I'm always uh, glad to chat with you. And I have spoken and written for a number of the other publications. But like you said, we, we, we're doing this now regularly for the Offshore Club every week. And uh, you know, it's nice because if we don't talk about something this week, you know, we know we're going to talk about it next week. It's sort of the you know, Arabian Nights, the story that never ends, because yes. that's really what this is. This is about your business, your investments. It's really about your life. So, you know, we're, we're, we always have more things to talk about. Which is fantastic. And I know now you are, every time we talk to you, you're in a different country. It, as a matter of fact, I think once in the past three months, you've actually been in Pennsylvania. Every other time, it's <laughs> somewhere else that I wish I were. Uh, uh, but, but now, but you're in Switzerland now, correct? Yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in the financial hub of Switzerland, which is Geneva, or excuse me, Zurich, Switzerland, in the northern part of Switzerland. It's not far from from Germany. It's not far from far from Austria. It's not far from Liechtenstein, which is you know the little principality that uh, it's on the border between Switzerland and Austria. And you know, with my family background being Germanic, I've always been sort of pulled in in this direction. I have a lot of clients. We find a lot of solutions for clients. Uh, particularly banking solutions in in this part of the world. So, actually, I'm I'm here for that. I'm also here because Switzerland's become, you know, sort of at the forefront in the crypto industry. So, I have a lot of meetings here uh, yesterday, today, tomorrow, uh, and then I'll get on a plane and, and 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 fly over to Austria. So next week we can we can talk from there. But this week Fantastic. I'm here in Zurich. In Zurich. That's great. And I think you know there is a. I want to talk to you today. And this is something, look, we have 100,000 members, okay? And I think a lot of them are going to be interested in a topic that you're an expert on and you're in the country that it's all about, and that's Swiss bank accounts, okay? Swiss bank accounts. See, I say there are three questions. I, you know, I, I would imagine we have thousands of members, I know we do, who have the kind of wealth that they really should be seriously interested in opening a Swiss bank account. But we have a lot like me, too, who... One day I would love to have that kind of money, but even if I don't, all my life I've heard about Swiss bank accounts, and I wonder what is a Swiss bank account? Who, why do people open them, and who should be opening them, and what are other, and, and, and who should look for other alternatives? Um, and we have a lot of young people too. I'd say, according to the, to the analysis I've seen, like thirty percent of our, our uh, of the members of the offshore club now are under forty. So some of them someday, no, no, they're good. especially if they follow your advice and Mike Cobb's investment report advice, may end up with the money to do Swiss bank account. So let's talk about Swiss bank accounts from somebody who sure. knows inside and out. First of all, what is a Swiss bank account? How's it different from my Wells Fargo account? Yeah, I think that um, you know to take a step back, you know, a lot of people when they think about Switzerland, you know, the things that come to their mind. You know, Swiss banking is, is it's always right there at the in the top five, maybe along with Swiss chocolates and Swiss cheese and, right. you know, the mountains and yodeling and, and Heidi and, and those types of things. But, you know, Switzerland, the reason it's it's been a historic banking and tax haven is because, quite honestly, it's you know, it's been a a independent, neutral country. There hasn't been a war here in 500 years. And, you know not world war two hitler never you know invaded not world war one right. you know not any of the wars that were touching western europe and devastating it and the swiss figured out 
hey, by completely staying neutral all the time, protecting the, the wealth of people who put their money here, more people are going to put their money here because, yeah. you know, the old saying, capital flows to where it's treated best. And Switzerland has always been one of those places. They've never taxed, you know, interest or investment income of foreigners who put their money in Switzerland. Um, you know, there's no, there's no uh, VAT tax on purchasing things like gold, you know, and, and so they make it very friendly for people to want to use Switzerland as a platform. And the reason I say platform is, look, there's lots of ways that you can invest around the world, you can save around the world. Um, but but sw think of Switzerland as a very private platform uh, where you can store your money safely. Um, there's the chances of there being insurrection, you know, warfare, things like that that are going to attack or, or take your money and, or confiscate it. Uh, those types of things just aren't going to happen here in Switzerland. So that's that's kind of the background. Um, as to why Switzerland sort of generically um, banking, you know, they've, they've always had uh, a very high level of service when it comes to banks and, you know, banking was never regulated to just savings and checking accounts the way you would think of a, a bank account. You know, um, they all, Switzerland always viewed a bank account as a tool to manage your wealth. So if you wanted to, you know, um, save money, great. If you needed to transfer money, great. But if you wanted to buy stocks and bonds and mutual funds, that's fine too. If you wanted to buy and store gold, great. If you needed a, you know, a, a private wealth manager uh, to take care of your money for you, great. In other words, their platform has always been very private, very secure, and very flexible. And I think that's what's always attracted people. Um, you know, I just mentioned a few minutes ago that now they're really at the forefront in the whole crypto space. You have some countries saying, we don't want crypto. You have other countries saying, well, we don't really care about crypto. Switzerland's taking a, a classic Swiss approach, which is saying, hey, we, we want this industry. We know clients want it, um, but we're going to regulate it. We're going to make sure it's clean. You know, we don't want um, we don't want bitcoins or other currencies coming in here from, uh, you know, the dark web or adult entertainment or Right. or organized crime or anything like that. So they've instituted regulations where the coins themselves go through a mechanism to check, you know, where they came from, what their origin was, you know, to make sure that it's clean. And I think that's how Switzerland has been able to, you know, stay relevant in this world where maybe other jurisdictions uh, in the offshore banking space haven't really, you know, stayed relevant. Well, let me, okay. A question that comes to my mind from what you just said about they check it out they make sure it doesn't come from here, it doesn't come from there. One of the things I always heard that was a, a, a big plus for Swiss bank accounts is the privacy that you could that you couldn't have a bunch of outside organizations, people or governments like the U.S. come in and just devastate your bank account and demand a bunch of private information. Is it, is it still that way? Is it an advantage? And to what extent? Well, it's a great question. Look, um, you know, when I started my career um, back in the late 80s, um, you know, you still had things like numbered accounts. That meant you could come in, you could plop down a satchel of cash, you could come up with a code word, and they would hand you a, a, a passbook. It had a number on it, no names, um, and you know it was impossible for them to give your information away uh, because they didn't actually even have your information. 
in the early 90s, the, the Basel Accord, which was an international global banking, um, you know, basically the banks and the governments of the world came together and said, well, this can't really, you know, this can't really carry on because it just opens the door for corruption, crime, you know, uh, all, the, all those types of things that people didn't want. So they agreed to do away with um, numbered accounts, but you still had what was called bank secrecy. And bank secrecy meant that the bank had your information, but they didn't share that information with anyone else. Okay. That's still largely the case, but you know there have been some inroads in bank secrecy, particularly when it comes to the tax authorities. So for example, the Swiss banks here are compliant with what's called FATCA, the Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act that came into effect. You know, it was introduced by President Obama in 2010. It was really in effect you know, by around 2014. And it requires banks to disclose information about U.S. persons where, you know, the, um, you know where, the, where there's questions about um, the activity of U.S. persons. And if the banks don't um, comply, the U.S. makes it very, very difficult for them to function in the global marketplace, particularly in transacting dollars. Uh, they, they basically put up a toll gate where when they try to transact, do transactions, 30% of the gross amount gets caught up in, you know, in withholding. So, you know, no bank is going to do that. So the Swiss banks either went in one of two directions. They either got rid of their American clients and complied that way, or they, you know, um, made the client sign a statement that they could disclose under certain circumstances their information to the U.S. IRS. So if you want to come here and open a bank account now, you have to fill out certain U.S. IRS forms as part of the Swiss bank account opening process. You're going to fill out a W-8 form, things like that. Um, but still, keep this in mind, the bank privacy, that this is an exception to banks' privacy when it comes to providing information about tax. That doesn't mean that the, the U.S. government can come in and swoop in and take your money. It also doesn't mean that that disclosure applies to anyone else. So if you have ex-spouses, ex-partners, you know, you're in a fight with somebody, litigation, whatever, they're not going to be able to come in and grab your information. So when people ask me, is bank secrecy still, you know, in effect in Switzerland? I say, well, it depends. Secret from whom? For most people, bank secrecy is still in effect. It's client bank, bank client. That's it. But the caveat is in opening the account, you've agreed that the Swiss bank can provide in certain circumstances the information uh, to the U.S. Treasury Department, namely the IRS. Uh, but that's that's as far as it goes. It's not about, you know, disclosing that information in lawsuits or in divorces or in any of the other millions of things uh, that, that can happen to people to where, you know, they would in, in the U.S., it would be very, very easy to to uh, basically subpoena that information uh, from a U.S. bank. And in Switzerland, it's it's still virtually impossible. So I would say, you know, bank privacy is still in effect, but in a qualified manner uh, and doesn't include, um, you know, the U.S. government for tax purposes. OK, so it, in terms of protecting the privacy of your money, you open up a Swiss bank account and you can put. I'm just going to use a figure, a million dollars in there. And you know that some fruitcake who decides to sue you and take everything you have cannot go raid. They can't go to the Switzerland and say to that bank and say, we want to know every penny he has in your bank. They may suspect yeah. there's money there, 
but that Swiss bank can say no. Well, the Swiss bank's not even going to disclose whether, you know, if you were suing me and you had some inclination that I had money at, you know, at uh, Deutsche Bank or Swiss Bank or, you know, any of the banks here, um, you, you, if you went to the bank, they would just flatly say, well, we're not even going to comment whether Mr. Nagel's a client, you know, oh, because good. that would, that disclosure itself would violate bank privacy. So, yeah, they're not going to give you that information. The other thing, keep in mind that, you know, whereas the U.S. government has just been printing, printing, printing for the last, you know, forever, that's not the case here in Switzerland. They have conservative monetary policy. They used to be backed 100 percent by gold. That, that gold connection is they've had to lessen it because the Swiss currency has become <coughs> so strong that they've, they've lessened it down, you know, 80 percent, 50 percent, 40 percent, you know, to where. You know, it's it's not 100% backed by gold, but there's still a connection to gold. And what that connection means is the Swiss government can't just go out and print money anytime it wants. So that also means that over time, the value of the Swiss franc has steadily gone up. Um, you know, not on any given day. There, it goes up and down just like other currencies. But for example, when I was in college, if, I, if you want to go back, you know, 35 years ago, um, it was five Swiss francs to the dollar. And, you know, it steadily went down from five to 4.5 to four to 3.5, three, two, one. Now it's inverted to where it's $1.1 to one Swiss franc. So, you know, if you had placed uh, any number you want to use your example, a million dollars in a Swiss bank account 35 years ago, and they paid you zero interest, right. your, your million Swiss francs, you know, would now be worth around $5 million. So, you know, when you look at it that way, you don't even have to make investments here. It's just a good way to protect uh, the value you already have by converting a portion of your portfolio into Swiss francs. And that's really one of the main reasons why, you know, forget about privacy, forget about all that stuff. You yeah. know, people say, I disclose my bank account to the IRS. I tell them they're, it's there. Um, maybe they're in, you know, Swiss government bonds making 2%. Uh, but they don't really care. It, they they want to be in something that where the the currency itself is going to hold its value, and and um, this was Frank has historically done that. That's fantastic. So since 1913, when the Fed started printing money willy nilly, the value of U.S. dollars dropped 97 percent. You're saying exactly. the value of the Swiss franc over the past 35 years has gone up a multiple of. Yeah, actually, one of my gold <laughs> friends would tell you correct. The correct way to say it is the Swiss franc's gone down too. It just hasn't gone down as quickly as uh, the the U.S. dollar. Meaning, remember, before it was pegged one to one, the the gold to Swiss, and now it's not. It's only a fra right. it's a okay. fractional peg, but still, it's it it still exists. So the value of the Swiss franc has gone down. The value of the U.S. dollar has gone down faster. Which makes it appear as though the Swiss franc has gone up against it. And if you just compare, you know, Swiss francs and dollars, it has. But if you if you introduce, for example, gold into the equation, you know, as the measuring stick, you would see that they're actually both down. The Switzerland's down less than the Swiss francs down less than the U.S. dollar. And a million put in a Swiss bank account 35 years ago would be five million now, just on the value yeah. of their currency. Yeah, if you it's, 30 it's five years ago, you. Put a million Remarkable. in, you would have had five million Swiss francs. 
And, um, you know, now that 5 million Swiss francs would actually be worth about $6 million. So it would be up six, 600% which is, by doing nothing. Just which is there. fantastic. All right. Well, almost out of time here. So let me, let me, let's close on one other item. Sure. For Happy to folks. comment. For average folks. So for millionaires, everything you've said, folks, you've heard it. If you're, if you're one of our many members who is a millionaire, Talk to go to nagelaw.com and talk about a Swiss bank account. Nagelaw.com, there it is. Talk about a Swiss bank account. How about for folks who, a guy like me, if I want to put a hundred thousand dollars in a Swiss bank account, the bank would probably say no, right? <laughs> it's just that simple. Is that well? I understand where you're going with that question, and yes, a lot of the private Swiss banks, because of U.S. compliance. Because of the level of the the talent, the banking talent they need to put on an account, you right. know their minimums are, are higher. They might be several hundred thousand or, or even a million. Uh, but if you're just trying to access the Swiss franc, for example, you know a number of the Caribbean banks. I know you've talked to, you know, people like, for example, Louise, um, where they have positions in the Swiss franc. In other words, you're sort of banking with them. They're turning around and as an institution banking with a, a Swiss institution. That's a way that you can, you know, open up an account and have access. Maybe if you only have, you know, a couple thousand dollars, you don't need to have hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. So, so that's what I would do. I would look at some of the banks that you talk about in other episodes, and I would contact the bankers and I would say, "Hey, can can I have access to uh, this Swiss bank for your bank?" And in most cases, a lot of the good offshore banks would say yes to that. So that would be my my. That's fantastic. That's great. And and our signal's breaking at the perfect time because we just finished up. So this is great. And uh, Joel, thank you. This has been fantastic. For those who have the kind of money to do a Swiss bank account, now you know what to do and do it. Just talk to Joel at com. For those who don't, the Belize option, fantastic. Joel, thank you, sir. Have fun in Switzerland. And next week, we'll see you in Austria. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, folks. Excellent. That is information you cannot get elsewhere. Only on, on Joel Nagel's Global Wealth Fortress Report at Offshore.club. So fantastic. Make sure to subscribe uh, so you can make sure you don't miss any. And uh, we'll be at, back next week with Joel from uh, Austria. So as I always tell you, let's do this thing. <laughs>